Hello, welcome to Academy Days, a Christian fiction podcast for teen girls. I'm your host and author, Judith. Welcome to the story. Academy Days, Episode 26, Not Alone. Nora Arjean paused on the front porch of the Winter's house. What was she doing? She'd called Carmen on impulse, and now she was about to join an impromptu slumber party. And all the while, Xavier was getting closer and closer to being beaten into a pulp, and she had no way of stopping it from happening. She dialed her dad one more time. It was nearly 8.30. Her parents were probably still on the turnpike. The phone went straight to voicemail. Dad? Nora's voice trembled. It's probably too late to stop him, but Xavier's headed back to the Bronx. He wants to pay off his debt. Her voice cracked as an image of her brother, bruised and bloody, filled her mind. The night after Nora had given the shrapnel the envelope of money she'd found in Xavier's room, Xavier had gone out, supposedly to the center to help with an event. The shrapnel had found him on the way, demanded the remainder of the money he'd borrowed while currying for them, And when he didn't have it, they'd showed him what happened to minions who didn't follow their rules. That's when Mom and Dad had realized they'd lost their son. That he'd entangled himself in the dark things they were trying to save other people's kids from. A sort of depression had come over Dad. All of a sudden, the dozen or so programs at the center had begun to unravel and Dad, Mom... All of them had entered some kind of dark tunnel that never seemed to end. Nora pressed a hand to her lips now as a sob shook her shoulders. The tunnel would never end. On and on it would go like a network of caves in the belly of a mountain. God, Nora whispered, I used to talk to you. I'm Nora. Remember me? No one else can stop Xavier God. No one. But I used to think you could do stuff like that. I used to believe. Nora gulped a breath. Stop, Savior. Please? She curled her hands into the cuffs of her hoodie and pressed the cloth against her eyes, soaking up the tears and pressing back the urge to totally lose it. All she needed was for somebody to open the door while... The rattle of the doorknob sent Nora back a few steps and the winter's front door swung open. Um, Nora, are you coming in? We thought we heard somebody come up on the porch, but then you didn't knock, and... Lacey stopped talking. Are you... Nora dropped her hands to her sides. What are you guys up to? She asked, a wobble in her voice. Nothing much. Lacey stepped back. We're hanging out in the basement apartment. London's here, too. She she keeps trying to get me to use that little spatula thingy that comes in nail care kits to push back my cuticles. But I told her. I told her I didn't believe in self-mutilation. Lacey's hand fluttered in midair. Are you okay? Nora closed her eyes. Carmen was perceptive but tactful. Lacey would be fairly easy to fool. London... London was perceptive enough to tell when something was wrong, and she probably would want to know what. Maybe she should just go back home. 
Somehow, though, she couldn't make herself retreat back off the porch. Lacey, you're letting in cold air, Mrs. Winters called from somewhere in the house. Is it Nora? Did you tell her you ordered pizza? Mrs. Winters came to the door, and now two people stood there looking at Nora. Nora, you hungry? Her voice sounded so comfortable and momish. Nora opened her mouth. No, I'm not. I'm not. And the tears came again, too many to hold back with the cuffs of her sweatshirt. All she could do was hug her stomach, her fingers digging into her rib cage and cry. Things got sort of blurry for a while. Nora caught sight of Lacey's wide eyes, but then Mrs. Winters was guiding Nora into the house and into the living room. Ira sidled out of sight, a video game clutched in his hands, and Mr. Winters followed. Mrs. Winters murmured something to Lacey and then closed the sliding doors. She led the way to the couch. When the tears finally stopped, Nora held a mound of soggy tissues in her lap and her face felt like she'd washed it in salt water. "'Can you tell me what's wrong?' Mrs. Winters said. "'My... my brother...' It took a while to explain, but Mrs. Winters just waited. Nora finally looked up, finished with all she could tell for now, the simple outline of a story that felt more like a tangled pile of spaghetti. Mrs. Winters took a deep breath. Tell you what, let's try your dad's phone one more time. If he doesn't answer, we'll find the number for the place he's supposed to speak this weekend. Somehow, we'll get in contact with him, okay? He'll probably check his phone soon and see all the messages. It will be too late, Nora whispered. Mrs. Winters stood, and Nora thought she was about to go and get her own phone, but instead, she turned around and knelt at the couch. She looked up at Nora. God can stop Xavier from getting into more trouble, even if we can't. And then she started to pray, eyes closed. Nora listened to the rise and fall of conversation. She could only hear one side, but she hoped she wasn't the only one listening. Nearly an hour after first arriving at the Winters, Nora finally went downstairs to where Carmen and her mom apparently lived. Carmen, Lacey, and London were gathered at a seating area near a kitchenette. London was just lifting a piece of pizza to her lips when her eyes met Nora's, she dropped it onto her plate. Just so you don't think I'm callously stuffing my face while you're going through something really hard, we did pray for you. I'm just extra hungry because my mom has gone on a job and my dad has been cooking. He got this idea to cook dishes authentic to a medieval feast, you know, so he could tell his history classes about it firsthand. But the grocery store doesn't sell pheasants, partridges, or wild boar, London shrugged. So he made fig pudding. It was kind of chewy. Here, Lacey said, holding out another slice of pizza to Nora. Her eyes still looked big and scared, but for once she was calmer than somebody else in the room. Carmen patted the empty corner of the couch. Hope everything's okay. Nora took the plate of pizza from Lacey and sat down. My parents left for the weekend, and my brother took off back to New York. I just got a hold of my dad. He's going to look for Xavier now. 
Carmen nodded. Lacey bit her lip and fiddled with a potato chip on her plate. I've never been to New York City, London said, and ripped off a piece of crust with her teeth. My dad always gravitates to D.C. because of all the Smithsonian museums. She waved the remainder of the crust. I've seen the Hope Diamond and Old Glory about 70 times, but I've never seen the Statue of Liberty or the Empire State Building. Nora shifted the piece of pizza around on her plate. The Statue of Liberty and the Empire State Building? Those were the last places she thought of when moving away from the city. She'd thought of Marlowe and Liesel in the house right next door, so close they could bang signal messages on the connecting wall. She'd thought of the center where she'd helped elementary kids practice their reading after school. And everywhere she went, she reveled in a world of different cultures brought together to share the same streets. She'd thought of the people. So why had she spent the last year and a half trying to be alone? Nora? Lacey wiped her hands on a napkin, concentrating on the specks of salt on her fingertips. If you'd rather be alone, you can go up to my room. Nobody would bug you if you, you know, you need to be alone because you're worried and, well, we might be annoying. She scrubbed at the palm of her hand. Not that we're all annoying, maybe just me. She laughed and then cleared her throat. Just thought I'd offer. Nora swallowed a bite of pizza. Had Lacey read her mind? She glanced around the semicircle of girls. How had she arrived here anyway? Not literally, but how had she ended up with these three girls in particular on a Friday night in Easton? Lacey tugged on the end of her light brown braid as she avoided making eye contact. She was more perceptive than Nora had given her credit for. And there was London. Blonde hair uncurled for once, but pulled up in a high ponytail that spoke of all the perky energy that was London Pella. She spoke her thoughts out loud a lot, but lately those thoughts had become less surfacy. They'd glimmered with efforts to be more real. And Carmen, with dark hair like Nora herself, her brows thick arches above eyes that looked back at Nora in honesty, in peace, in living testimony of God's presence. Nora could sense it, like she used to sense God speaking during one of the Sunday night messages at the center. I gave these friends to you. These are your people now. Nora felt the thought form in her mind and knew it was true. They didn't need her, and they weren't much like Marlowe and Liesel, in some ways, they seemed so opposite to herself, but they were here, now, when she needed people. In fact, they'd been waiting for her since the start of the small group last fall. She'd never felt them rejecting her, even as she'd silently rejected them. Nora took a deep breath and shook her head. No, I think I'll stay with all of you. She put down her plate. Thanks. Thanks for being here for me. You're welcome, Carmen said. But is it okay if we skip the algebra for now? Nora blinked. Her math book still lay on the kitchen table back home. She smiled. Yeah, 
I guess we can hang out for once without doing homework. London fell back onto a pile of pillows. What a relief! When you live with a teacher, school never feels very far away. Okay, Lacey scrambled to her feet. I have this face mask I made from scratch after watching a tutorial on YouTube. Now it kind of came out a weird purple color, but it's supposed to be a deep pore cleanse and totally edible. It cleanses your stomach too, Nora asked. Lacey stopped halfway to the kitchenette and turned around, hands twisted together. You don't have to do it. Nora felt a giggle welling up inside. Maybe the aftershock of so much tension. I'm kidding, Lacey. Bring on the purple pore cleanser. Lacey's hands relaxed. Oh, okay, okay. She nearly twirled as she darted to the refrigerator and pulled out a container of thick-looking goo. Nora caught Carmen looking at her, the other girl's eyes full of thought. Okay, God, I accept these friends, and well, maybe, maybe they'll show me a path to meeting you again. I'm pretty sure that's what all this is leading up to, isn't it? Nora took a sponge and a small cup of gloop from Lacey. Her phone vibrated in her pocket. Nora dropped the sponge and cup back onto Lacey's tray and answered. "He's okay," Dad said. "He's safe." "He is." Nora's heart pounded. "Yeah, he had one of his seizures on the train." The conductor found him. He's in the hospital, but he's okay. Dad took in a breath, clogged with tears. The seizure probably saved him. Nora, can you believe it? God kept him safe. A few moments later, Nora slowly lowered her phone. Did you do that, God? Did you do that for Xavier? For me? In the slow ease of tense muscles, Nora thought she knew the answer. Thank you for listening to another episode of Academy Days. Until next time, bye.